Welcome everyone live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. My name is Nathan and my co-hosts today are Nelson, Pal, Yusuf and Matthias. Our special guest today is Kamal and Amadou from One Ball. Hi, welcome to the show. Thanks Nathan. Yep. Uh, so for my first question, um, can you tell us about One Ball? Yep. Uh, well, One Ball is a non-for-profit organization. It's designed for um, for kids, especially from low-income families, to play soccer in a safe environment. Um, and yeah, initially started uh, five years ago, and we deliver soccer and well-being program across Melbourne and in schools as well. Yep. Uh, hello, my name is Yusuf. Uh, my first question is, why did you create One Ball? Uh, that's a good question. Um, it's a long story. I'll try to make it short. So uh, I used to play soccer professionally, um, and uh, I came from Ethiopia um, in 2003, and you know I found soccer a way for me to connect with my community, uh, to make friends, and you know. Um, and you know, I went on to to play for Australia and to play professionally. And soccer gave me a lot of um, life lessons that I learned. And when I be, when I got a bit older, I wanted to kind of uh, give back to my com- my community or kids in the same situation. So I wanted to create. Um, program where you know parents don't have to pay a lot of money for their kids to play soccer um, because soccer's become too expensive for a lot of family to afford it at the moment so um, I wanted to create a, an environment where you know anyone from different cultures um, whether you got money or you don't have money to come and enjoy the beautiful game so initially that's why uh, I started Wombo. Um How did you two meet and decide to work together? And what do you want to answer that? Ooh, how we met, um, I have to say the universe. I am a very spiritual person. Uh, it's funny, I'll, tell you, I'll cut it quite short. So I'm from Tasmania and I've been in Melbourne for 10 years. Um, I used to watch Kamal, listen to these guys. When I was about th- 15 years old, I used to watch Kamal on TV play for Australia. I'm like, how amazing to see someone of African descent playing at a high level. I was a young man in Tasmania, and I wanted to be, I wanted to be like Kamal. I still want to be like Kamal. There's things I take from him. Um, and then next thing, I come to Melbourne. I came to watch Kamal play against Everton, and this is Melbourne heart back then, now called Melbourne City. I came all the way from Tasmania at the age of, I think, 16, 17, to watch Kamal play. And fast forward five years later, four, four, two years later, I signed for Melbourne Knights, okay, in the Victorian Premier League, now the NPL. And then um, things didn't go too well with Melbourne Knights. Two years later, I'm playing beside Kamala, Port Melbourne. What are the chances of that? Mm-hmm. And you know, you could say I manifested that moment because I appreciate who he was as a footballer. But the more, obviously, I got to know him as an individual. That's where the power was within within the collective. You could say collective consciousness where we connected. He told me about his, his ambitions. Five, four years later, he started Wumble. You know, and the rest is history. Basically, you know, I'm part of an organisation where we look to empower and inspire the next generation. So, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful, Kamal, for you to be my brother, and I'm grateful to be here to express this to you guys. Likewise, likewise. Oh, hi, I'm Nelson. How is it transitioning from playing soccer to coaching? Um, I would say 
it's it was difficult at the start I, I used to coach when i was still playing i would coach the under sevens or under eight and just help out and i fall in love uh with coaching uh, especially the the young ones because they're still um very new to the game and you know you can teach them a lot of things uh and when i got a bit older i wanted to um you know keep going and so i did my coaching license and you know, I will say I learned a lot about football when I was doing the coaching license and become a coach. Because when you're a player, you're just worrying about playing your game. You don't really focus on the whole aspect of the game, you know, the formations, um, you know, how to set up the team, you know, how to get the best out of the team. So when I was learning how to coach and coaching, um, I had more awareness of the game if that makes sense. So I would say it's different than a player, but at the same time, it's it's more, I think, um, a lot more on you as a coach than a player, because as a player, you just worry about playing, but the coach has to worry about the whole team. Um, and yeah, at the moment, uh, I'm really enjoying that. Uh, you know, I'm still wanna play, but more, you know, my passion is towards coaching. Uh, we recently heard that you went to Ethiopia. How was the experience and why did you decide to go back? Yeah, so, you know, um, I was born in Ethiopia, uh, but my parents are Eritrean. So, you know, when, when the, the war happened and, you know, my parents were told to leave Ethiopia and go back to their country with Eritrea, um, we were lucky enough to, to escape that and come to Melbourne. But I still have a very... Um, soft spot for Ethiopia because that's where I grew up um, playing soccer. I had a lo lo lot of memories there so when I had the chance to go back and to do something for the kids over there um, you know I was really excited. Um, I talked to some people who are in Australia who want to contribute and support. Um, we took some uh, you know uniforms and soccer balls to the village where I grew up. But the idea, the hope, the big picture is how can we um, support the kids over there in a larger scale? Um, because Australia is such a giving country. There's so many um, soccer equipment and uniform and resources in Australia. Uh, I wanted to go back and make that connection. Okay, we got so many things here. How can we support the kids over there? So. You know, this year I'm going back and, and, and we're doing a bigger things. Uh, we've been collecting soccer boots and uniform from the kids from Australia and we try to ship it over there. Um, we're also working on building a, a synthetic soccer pitch uh, back in my village for them. So we have a bigger picture and that picture is we are so grateful in Australia. I think a lot of kids in Australia, if they haven't gone back to Africa or other third world country, you take everything for granted here. And we want to tell the kids and the parents, you know, to be grateful for what they have here. And and uh, because, you know, almost we too we too spoiled in this country. And you know, I want them to to give them that humbleness to give back, learning how to give back to other people. And yeah, that's the reason why I started the African project. Um, how did you guys find moving into Australia and what challenges did you guys face? Um, there's, it's a great question. Life is full of challenges. You, know, um, life, you could say life wouldn't be worth it if it wasn't full of challenges because it's all about character building. 
in different environments um, moving here, obviously for me, um, my country is from a British colony, I'm from Sierra Leone, so English was more, it was a bit more easier to translate into, I could speak English, which is obviously just the grammar and a few changes there, but in, some, in terms of societal um, structures, I, um, I was a bit more challenged, you know, getting used to the school system, getting used to the sporting context, because, you know, if we're talking about soccer here, back home we just play soccer for fun. You know, yeah. and then when you go to school teams, it's a bit more organised. You could say things are a bit more structured here. You know, back home, you could say things are a bit more authentic and just living, living life as it is in the moment. But um, I, I have to say that's probably the, the biggest challenge is everything has structure. And structure is important to progress into the future. You know, so I have to say societal structures were some of the toughest things I struggled with, yeah. Yeah, I would say for me, uh, I didn't know anything about Australia when I came here. So, you know, I didn't speak English. I didn't understand the culture. I didn't understand a lot of things. So I remember the first couple of years, it was me learning the Australian culture. Um, and as all you know, you know, when you first come to Australia, it's a big difference. And, uh, you know, I was 12 years old and I experienced a lot of a lot of racism from from the you know my neighborhood i was probably the only african family uh in port melbourne that's where i i went and i was very confused at that age because i've never experienced racism i didn't understand what they were saying to me because i couldn't speak english but i can tell by their body language that they didn't want they didn't want me there and and that goes into when i go and play soccer um with my teammates or other people, there's always been that, um, you know, it's always a catch-up game for me trying to understand the Australian culture to learn, um, you know, and, and connect with, with other kids. So, uh, but like Amadou says, those, those are the challenges that made us who we are, I believe, you know, because I remember not, you know, not taking it too hard, I remember, you know, me not fighting the kids who were mean to me. I, I remember just me, you know, believing in myself and, and my ability. And if that was on the soccer pitch, for example, if someone's being, um, you know, rude to me or saying racist words to me, I remember being able to just play the soccer game as best as I can so that way I can show my talent and express my feeling. And that, you know, slowly, slowly, um, that made me more resilient. And then, um, you know, then I, I started feeding into uh, of the, I would say, you know, the football culture because football is such a universal language. I didn't have to speak English to, to play it. So that kind of motivated me to, to continue to do better things. Yep. Um, if you are just tuning in, you're listening to Braybrook Live on Life FM, live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Nathan, and my co-host today were, uh, is Nelson, Powell, Yusuf, and Matthias. And our special guest today is Kamal and Amadou from One Ball. Um, so how did you overcome these challenges, like from moving to Australia? Um, uh, to overcome challenges, um, I think it's not by yourself. 
you have to overcome challenges. We all have our innate character characteristics within us, but I personally believe to overcome challenges mainly, um, you could say societal or, um, we are social creatures. You know, we can't do things about our, with, we can't do things by ourselves. So we should always, you know, seek also answers outside, and that could be your, your mom, your dad, your best friend, you know, so. I think whenever I went through challenges, I would sit with my dad and I'd be like, um, I went through this, what do you think about this? How should I look at this situation? And how can I improve at looking at that situation? You know, because you can't blame people for who they are because you are gonna go through challenges, but that's not an excuse for them to treat, treat you a certain way. But you can look at to perceive that situation different so it doesn't harm you as an individual. So my parents were a huge part of that, um, me overcoming those challenges, and my sisters as well, because I grew up with five sisters. I'm not a boy in the family. So I thank them for also teaching me a lot of um, characteristics, how to be more patient and calm under adversity, under uh, challenges. Yep. Um, as soccer players ourselves with um, dreams of like playing soccer professionally, um, what advice would you give us and how can we improve to get to um, that stage in life? To become a professional soccer player? Yep. Um, that's a hard one. I mean, I'm not... Uh, to give advice, but I mean, with anything in life, I think hard work is important. Um, and, you know, you have to have the passion for it. And, you know, f to become a professional soccer player, I think, I mean, a lot of kids we speak to, they don't really even know what, what it means to become professional soccer players. Yeah. They say, I, I want to become professional soccer players. But then we look at what they're doing in the action. They're not playing or in a high league, NPL. They're not training five times a week. They're not eating the right food. Mm -hmm. They're not, um, you know, obsessed or passionate enough. As I was, I was 24 seven playing soccer. So I think a lot of kids who want to become professional soccer, you really need to understand that question. What, is, what do you mean by becoming a professional soccer player? Because, it is very difficult, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's, it's going to be, you have to dedicate your whole life pretty much towards it. And I'm talking about, you know, training maybe twice a day. So are you willing to wake up six in the morning, train, and then train in the afternoon again? Are you willing not to go to the parties with your friends? Are you willing to sacrifice a lot of things? So first you have to answer those questions because Becoming a professional soccer player, it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of effort. And unfortunately, a lot of people, a lot of kids don't know uh, what it means. Um, and they see things on TV and they think it just happens automatically. But um, I would say if I give you advice, I think it would be to answer those questions and look at the effort you need to put to get there. And if you want to put that effort, then can start but if you don't want to put that effort then it is fine you know it's not about just becoming a professional soccer player there's a lot of things you can do in, in, in your life to to become successful in a different way mm -hmm. um, <coughs> hi my name is Matos what has been the highlight and struggles of both your personal and professional experience sorry say that again um, what has been the highlight and struggles of both your personal and professional experience that's a good question. 
Um, for both of you. Okay. I'm yeah. going to go first. I go. Okay. Professional and soccer wise, obviously, uh, I, um, you know, <clears throat> I've ch- I have achieved a little bit. Uh, I, I wanted to achieve a lot more, but, um, you know, it, it didn't happen. Uh, but I would say my biggest achievement or, or what I'm proud of is um, obviously representing Australia. Um, not many people get to say that they represented their country and travel around the world. Um, that's an, that was an amazing feeling. And also I would say, you know, winning the NPL gold medal, best, best and fairest um, in 2015. That was, uh, you know, an achievement for me. And also I did it with the club who gave me the first opportunity when I first came here, who sponsored me and um, and welcomed me to the club. So soccer-wise, that would be, uh, you know, what I am most proud of. Um, personal life, I think, um, you know, what I'm doing right now with, with Wambo, um, it's, it's special and, you know, we obviously have a lot more to go and a lot of um, goals we want to achieve. But to, to give back to um, kids and, and families and to enjoy the beautiful game and, and, and through that, um, to empower the young kids to be fit and active and also um, both mentally and physically, that's probably um, what most I'm proud with. Um, my biggest achievement is lies is building positive social connections intrinsically with Kamal, Maria, Con, um, just you know learning a lot from people in life for me it's um, for me the most important thing. And then obviously my awards in terms of individual accolades, they're probably my most second most important things in life. But just being connected with people for me is where I I thrive, you know and. Um, being part of Wambo is one of the biggest also because we empower and inspire the next generation to be authentic. So for me, I have to look at those things as the most important aspects of my life. And also having a personal training business on the side where I take the same values to connect with people, to empower people. That is my why in, in life. And you know that comes with the ripple effects of you know connecting social interactions once again. I know I keep saying the same things, but they're my biggest achievements in life. Just being there for for being there for myself first, and being there for people. Yep. <coughs> what is the best advice you could give a young men when they're facing a tough situation? Okay. So, so but what is the best advice you could give young men when they're facing a tough situation? situation? Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we all go, we all go through tough situations, yeah. <clears throat> and you know, for me, when I when I went through a tough situation, I responded a different way. Everyone responds a different way. You know, you can either, um, you know, be really um, depressed um, and and have you know blame everyone for your situation, uh, or you can. You can really um, use the opportunity to self-improve um, and know that you know every tough situation makes you resilient. You know, I've been in through so many tough situations, breaking everything when I was playing soccer, injuries. You know, and it is very tough, but you know you also need to know that that doesn't last. You know, for for. 
for your whole life. You know, you come out of it. So having, having hope and optimism to know that things will get better, I would say that's probably the most important thing, you know, um, and not to, not to think about, okay, I'm going to be in this tough situation for the rest of my life. You know, things will get better and you need to have hope and just take it day by day. Um, that's probably what I would say. Yeah. Amadou, what would you say? I'm going back to what you just said, Kamal. It was spot on. The journey is the way. Lao life is all about moments. You know, I focus on each moment at a time. You know, there is always going to be adversity, but that's there to teach us things about ourselves. Okay, so, you know, just being present within that moment, you know, and, hope, and be hopeful for the next moment, obviously. But the most thing, focus all your intention on that moment. How you're going to react to that moment defines the next moment. So, you know, that's my answer. That's true. I'll just, I'll just say, add to something to that. <clears throat> Let's put it in a, in a soccer content, right? There was a moment I was injured for six months. And the physio and the doctors told me, you can't touch the soccer ball for six months. And all I want to do is touch the soccer ball, but I'm injured. Mm. So now I have six months to recover. So I know that I'm in the situation for six months. I'm not there for this situation, not going to be for the rest of my life. So I have to trust the process and be hopeful. So that means doing rehab, doing gym work. So each week I'm, I'm, I'm proving to get to where I can play again. So same thing in life. So that was the biggest challenge for me, being injured for six months. So in life, when something really bad happens, you have to take it day by day to recover from that situation. So, you know, you take time heals, they say. So if you're really in a bad situation, like Amadou said uh, before, have a good um, support system around you, good friends, uh, family, people, and, and rely on them and just know that, you know, you'll come out of this eventually. Yep. Um, that's all we have for today. Thank you I'll get to our guest, Kamal and Amadou. Um, it's been great. Uh, it's been a great pleasure talking to you guys. Um, live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. My name is Nathan, and my co-hosts today were Nelson, Powell, Yusuf, and Matthias. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you found this information useful. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.